You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Three, two, one... But I've worked it out. I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer Jim Calhoun. NASCAR icon Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kirk Herbstreet is on the phone. Welcome in, everybody. Episode 560 of the podcast. In Assuming America, the Antoro Sports Podcast. It is Friday, July 22nd. 2022 people i hope everybody's doing well i hope everybody is having a great day i hope everybody is ready for the ffe the fun friday edition of the air tour sports podcast and i'll tell you this we are going to cover a lot of ground on today's show here is what you need to know about what we will discuss today we're going to open a little bit of news in college football we got ourselves a newest Highest paid coach in college football. That is right. Kirby Smart signs a massive extension. Of course, a few days before he talks about NIL. So everybody's all worked up. Oh, Kirby doesn't want any players to get paid and he's making millions. I'm going to tell you why it's a bunch of nonsense. We'll discuss that. From there, we will switch to college hoops. Big story in college hoops as there are some things happening behind the scenes where Kentucky is going to buy they, they they feel like they're about to make some major moves in recruiting DJ Wagner who we've talked about a lot everything is swinging back with him a very interesting story there I'm going to get you caught up on what could be not only an eventful couple weeks for Kentucky basketball but I don't know if historic is the right word but it's pretty darn close they could have a recruiting run the likes of which we really have never seen and then from there we'll wrap with America's favorite segment where Aaron was right where Aaron was wrong Hitting on all the stuff that I got right and wrong over the last couple weeks. I'll tell you this. I don't know if it's because I was on vacation or what. It does feel like where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong is extra loaded this week. Uh, So fun episode. A lot to talk about really quick. I do hope that you did enjoy the SEC Media Days coverage from across our Torres on media accounts. Torres on UK, Torres on the Hogs, Torres on Auburn, Torres on Bama, on and on. Credit to Matthew Huntley. Uh, He runs our Torres on Auburn account. Does an incredible job. He was there all week. I cannot thank him enough. We had great coverage on those accounts. And by the way, we're going to have great coverage all fall long heading into football. With that said, let's get to the topic of the day. And the topic of the day, listen, I don't know if this is going to be like a 25-minute segment. This one's probably going to be a little bit of a quicker one. But there was some mega news in college football that is worth discussing today as we have ourselves a newest highest paid coach in college football. That man is Kirby Smart. And on Thursday, we got an announcement that Kirby Smart has gotten himself a nice little extension for the future. And he's basically set to be the Georgia Bulldogs head coach as long as he wants to be for obvious reasons. How much is he getting paid? These numbers, I'll say this. I've been following college football, love college football. Even these numbers kind of blew me away in terms of what he is going to get and what he is going to be paid. Kirby Smart on Thursday, they officially announced he and Georgia that he has signed, how about this for some numbers? He has signed a 10-year, $112.5 million contract. Now, I'm not great at math. I think I could talk sports. I think I could. 
I'm not great at math, but that comes out to $11.25 million per year, which not only makes him the highest paid coach in college football, it makes him obviously the highest paid coach in college athletics. And I'll tell you this, I did. I don't know if I ever thought we'd see a day that we got an $11.25 million a year coach, but Kirby Smart got it on Thursday. And I'll say a couple things. One, he is absolutely deserving. First of all, I, I, one thing, we're going to get into the NIL stuff because Kirby Smart said some NIL stuff, but the one thing that I do love about the NIL era is that we can stop pretending, like, like, like it used to be when a head coach got a major, major, major contract. It was like, the, the caveat was always, you had the band in the background, you had the annoying people in the background, well, yeah, he gets all the money, but the players get nothing. Well, now we know the players are getting very well compensated, getting very well taken care of, and we're going to discuss that in a minute. But I do love that now in this post-NIL world, college coaches can get what they warrant, and Kirby Smart is worth $11 million a year. Nick Saban's worth $10 million a year. All of these guys are worth what they're getting paid for, and we don't have to freak out. And what I would tell you is, although the numbers seem crazy, this number for Kirby Smart actually makes perfect sense relative to the current market. Remember, we live in a world where last offseason, college football coaching salaries just got insane, and uh, the, the numbers that got thrown out and that got uh, the contracts that got signed last offseason, it makes this salary and makes this contract look kind of reasonable by comparison. Remember, we live in a world where Mel Tucker, and I like Mel Tucker, I think he's going to be really good, he has 13 wins as Michigan State's head coach, okay? I think he's got 19 wins over the course of his career, 13 at Michigan State. He just signed a 10-year, $95 million deal. Mel Tucker's getting $9.5 million a year. We live in a world where James Franklin, last offseason, after leading Penn State to an incredible 7-5 finish, he got a 10-year, $75 million extension. Obviously, part of that was like Mel Tucker. There were reports that he was a candidate at some of those marquee jobs that were open. In Mel Tucker's case, it was more LSU. In James Franklin's case, it was both LSU and USC. So James Franklin got $75 million. Mel Tucker got 95. million. I should mention Brian Kelly got right around $95 million to go to LSU. So if Brian Kelly, who has never won a college football playoff game, can get $95 million, if uh, Mel Tucker can get $95 million with 13 career wins at Michigan State, and of course, if James Franklin can get $75 million coming off of a 7-5 and season, then I think Kirby Smart is worth every penny of the $112.5 million that he got. Of course, what I will say is that while the contract was part of the story, the reason why I want to talk about it and the reason why it became a national headline beyond just the insane dollar amount that came with it is because it came just a few short days after Kirby Smart had some very interesting comments to say about NIL. And I'm going to get into the comments in a minute, but you know immediately where this is going and what we are going to talk about. But the idea is pretty straightforward, right? The last couple days, and you've probably read some headlines and why I do this show is to make sure to separate fact from fiction, to make sure to give you the full context. But of course, over the last couple of days, Kirby Smart has had some semi-questionable things to say about NIL. So of course, everybody freaked out and said, of course, the old guy gets paid and gets all the money, but he's uncomfortable with the players getting their cut too. So let's get into what Kirby Smart said, because I want to make sure to clarify and for you all to understand what he said before everybody freaks out, because honestly, this is probably the only show that you're going to hear the full quotes and the full context of what Kirby Smart said. So first of all, in terms of NIL, what Kirby Smart said, he was at the Texas High School Coaches Association, where all the great NIL quotes apparently come from. Remember, that was where Nick Saban said last year that Bryce Young was about to clear a million dollars. Well, here is what Kirby Smart said about NIL. Now, this is the part that made the headlines. I'm going to read the, this part to you first, and then I'm going to read you the full quote. But what everybody said, what everybody aggregated, what everybody quoted was the following quote that Kirby Smart said about the current state of NIL. He said, what I can't accept is some young men getting $10,000 a month for four years or three years of college. That's 120K a year. What do you think he's doing with that? 
is that actually going to make him more successful in life? Because I promise you, if you handed me 10K a month in my freshman year of college, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. I believe that. And I'll readily admit, if that is the only quote that you've heard from Kirby Smart on NIL, and then you see him sign a contract that pays him $11 million a year, I can understand where you can say that he's a hypocrite. And what I will also say is that while I'm going to present the other side of this, I also will readily admit like th- this wasn't the finest moment for Kirby Smart. This wasn't the moment where, this wasn't the time to get on your podium about NIL knowing that this massive contract extension is coming about. But what I would first say is that Kirby Smart never said he's not in favor of NIL. What he was very clearly indicating was that he believes that players should earn NIL once they get to campus, that players should earn NIL with actual production on the field, which, oh, by the way, Wasn't that what we kind of all agreed NIL should be? Because I do think, I will say one thing really interesting, and I talk about NIL all the time. But one thing that I do find very interesting is this. I think if you had asked the average college football fan or the media member that was really anti-college sports and these kids are getting screwed, I think we all kind of understood a year or two ago, it was time for NIL. It was time for players to get a cut of the pie. But what I would also say is it is interesting that if you had asked most people two or three years ago, they would have said, yes, players should be able to benefit off their name, image, likeness. They should be able to sell t-shirts with their name. They should be able to do an autograph signing. They should be able to do certain things around the community. What I don't remember anyone saying at any point was that players shouldn't just get paid to commit to a school and show up, right? Whatever you think of what is going on at Texas A&M, whatever you think of what is going on at Miami in this current recruiting cycle, that is what that is. That is pay for play. That is you sign on the dotted line and you commit. And that is essentially what Kirby Smart was saying. He said, I just don't think guys should get that much money for showing up. What he also said at SEC Media Days, and I think this is something that got completely brushed under the rug because of the fact that nobody wants to kind of tell both sides of the story, he also essentially said that they have the best NIL program in the country. Here's what he said. He said, I don't know this for a fact, but I believe we had the highest paid defensive lineman, this was last year, Jordan Davis, the highest paid tight end, Brock Bowers, and probably the highest paid corner, Keely Ringo, in NIL market. Because after a national championship, there's three guys that just exploded. And so to be clear, I just want to make sure that you're hearing both sides of the story because I'm guessing that in most places you're not. Kirby Smart not only has never said that he was anti-NIL, all he has said is a couple things. First of all, NIL should be what we all agreed. We all agreed it should be intended to be, which is when a player gets to campus, when they do a lot of good things, when they produce on the field, they should be rewarded and compensated as such. And Kirby Smart mentioned that by saying that after we won the national championship, Some of these guys got all sorts of money thrown at them because, oh, by the way, they performed on the field. They brought a lot of prestige and honor to the University of Georgia and did something that hadn't been done here in 40-something years, and that's win a national championship. And so that's one. And then two on top of that, what was also very interesting, he said that all 95 players on his roster have received some form of NIL money as part of Georgia's program. And so I just want to make sure that everybody understands that because I've seen a lot of headlines in a lot of places about Kirby Smart signing this contract and, oh, he's anti-NIL and he wants all the money for himself. That's not it at all. Finally, what I would say, and and I was watching Kirby Smart's press conference live at SEC Media Days, what I found very interesting about Kirby Smart is that what he also said And this to me is very interesting, and it goes back to what we talked about on Monday's show with the Jordan Addison reports at USC, that he was given certain promises and he cannot, uh, they have not followed through on them. What I also find very interesting about the whole situation with NIL and about Kirby Smart and about what he said, he also had a very interesting comment at SEC Media Day's about Georgia, he believes, is building the best NIL program in America, but that it is something in, that it's something that is sustainable. Here is the quote on that. 
The NIL program we have in place, we have a, a, a classic city collective run by Matt Hibbs, who does a tremendous job. It's built on being sustainable. I don't think what's going on in college football right now at some places is sustainable, meaning can you do that year in and year out and repeat that? Can you honor the commitment that some people are trying to make to kids to get them to get to their school? It's not good for college football what's out there. And so again, Kirby Smart labeled as all sorts of things. Did you see what he just said? He said, first of all, yes, we do NIL. I might have the highest paid defensive tackle, highest paid cornerback, the highest paid tight end in the country. But on top of that, what he said is we're doing something sustainable at Georgia, okay? This isn't one of those we're making all sorts of promises in recruiting, we're making all sorts of you know guarantees, and then kids get to campus and we can't actually take care of them. Because I know that's what's happening at certain schools. And I gave you a few examples of what is being alleged, and I'm not saying that it's happening, what it's being alleged. And so I'm, I'm just saying what Kirby Smart is actually saying, he's on your side. I think there's this big misperception that he's anti-NIL. He's not anti-NIL. Not only are his players getting taken care of, but he wants to do it in the way that it's intended. He wants to do it in a way where the best players are compensated for their performance on the field, and also that Georgia has a system in place where people, it's all above board, everything gets taken care of, and there's no leaving anybody in the dark. Again, I think this will be an interesting part to follow of this NIL world that we live in, where now, less than a year into NIL, as that first freshman class that was recruited during the NIL era, and the first transfer class that was recruiting in the NIL era, they're now getting to campus, and you're starting to see reports pop up that guys are not getting what was promised to them in NIL, and so Kirby Smart never said he's anti-NIL. What he said was, it should be based on the performance on the field, what he said was, I believe that if I was given money without earning it when I was 18 years old, I probably wouldn't be as successful, which you can agree or disagree, but I think a lot of people feel that way. And that most importantly, we want to build something at Georgia that is sustainable so it's not one of those deals where we're making promises and recruiting that we can't keep. Good opening segment. Good opening segment from your boy Torres, and I hope I did share some perspective on Kirby Smart there because I, you know, I saw a lot of Kirby Smart bashing this week, and I just I I didn't like it, and I thought there was a lot of context missing. So hopefully that helps explain some things. This is what I do want to do though. I do want to take a quick break. I do want to come back, and when I do come back, I do want to switch gears, and I do want to talk. Oh baby, do I want to talk about some a little college basketball? Uh, Kentucky could potentially they got two top twenty-five commits. They could potentially be in the midst of going on just an absurd recruiting run over the next two or three, two or three weeks. Uh, oh, by the way, DJ Wagner, we've talked a lot about him. A very interesting story that makes it almost certain that he's going to end up in Kentucky. We're going to discuss all that next. Finish the show with where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. I will be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, everybody. I am back. Good to be back. Good to be back. I do want to 
Switch gears. I want to talk a little college hoops and college hoops recruiting specifically. Now, obviously, in the college sports world, the um, you know the, the 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 media days, SEC and ACC, they've really kind of I think really overshadowed everything else going on in college sports as it should. Uh, these are major events. It's the first time we've heard from Nick Saban and Kirby Smart and Jimbo Fisher in forever, and so. I understand why, like, like SEC Media Days should take center stage in the college sports world. But what I think most of you probably know, this is actually a very important time of year on the college basketball calendar as well, because it's really the final stretch in college basketball recruiting where college basketball coaches can get on the road, evaluate prospects, and really kind of, uh, you know, start the, fit, the, the push to get a bunch of these kids signed in the November signing period. So I think everybody knows that. You, you, all, you all hear about Peach Jam, which started earlier this week. Wednesday was the first day coaches could be in the gym. Uh, I should say there's, a, there's also an Adidas event, the Adidas Championships in L.A., I was there on Wednesday. I was actually blown away by how many guys were there as opposed to Peach Jam. Now, most of them will fly cross country and make sure to hit both, but I was at the Adidas Championships and uh, Bruce Pearl was there. Mark Few was there. Scott Drew was there. Eric Musselman and his staff were there. Nate Oates and his lead assistant were there. So it was an action-packed event. It is an action-packed time of year, but there is one piece of recruiting news that I want to talk about more than any other And it surrounds a guy that we've talked about quite a bit over the last couple months, and that is the player that is either, depending on what recruiting service you look at, number one or number two in the country, DJ Wagner. We've talked a lot about him. There has been increasing buzz that maybe that Louisville lock that we all thought maybe it wasn't as locked up. And we got a fascinating piece of news on Wednesday to discuss as it pertains to DJ Wagner's present and future what his college commitment could be. And I'll tell you this, if this goes down the way that I think it's about to go down, then we are talking about a potentially historic couple weeks in recruiting that could be coming up for the University of Kentucky. John Calipari out of the doghouse for most of Big Blue Nation. But first of all, the DJ Wagner stuff, we've gone over this stuff so much. I'm not going to belabor and go over too much everything that you probably already know about him. Number one player in the country, high school class of 2023, going into his senior year. Now, it's either him or Gigi Jackson, but we know Gigi Jackson is going to reclassify and play at South Carolina this year. So for all intents and purposes, DJ Wagner is the number one player in the country. He is the son of Dewan Wagner, who played for John Calipari at Memphis, and forever, because of the ties to the Calipari family, he was deemed to be a lock to Kentucky. We've talked about this. Just give me 30 seconds to get through it. Then we know what happened. Louisville hired Kenny Payne as its new head coach, and Kenny Payne hired DJ's grandfather, Milt Wagner, who played at Louisville to attend, uh, to, 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 to be a, an off-the-court assistant at Louisville, uh, alumni of relations, so it was kind of a weird thing where they could still recruit DJ even though the grandfather had a job, blah, 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 blah. Why it's important is this, is that this kid was forever deemed to be a Kentucky lean, Then Louisville hired his grandfather, and it seemed like, for all intents and purposes, he was locked in as a Louisville commit. Just one problem. Over the last couple weeks, there has been increasing buzz that Kentucky is very much making up ground on this kid. A bunch of people have flipped kind of those crystal ball predictions that we see on 24-7 Sports and on three and all these recruiting sites. And really, over the last couple weeks, it seems as though Kentucky has actually picked up momentum. Listen, I'm not going to sit here. I'm guilty as anybody of pushing the Louisville narrative. When, when Rob Dillingham committed probably about a month ago to Kentucky, I said, this eliminates the DJ Wagner stuff. So I'm as guilty as anybody, but what I would also say, there has been increasing buzz over the last two, three weeks that Kentucky really is picking up steam. So why do I bring it up? Why do, what happened on Wednesday? Well, on Wednesday, something very interesting happened that, if as best I can tell, makes it feel like to me that Kentucky is now all of a sudden officially in the driver's seat, and here is what happened. Drake has start Drake yes yes Drake like like Aubrey the 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 rapper the Raptors guy the guy that hugged Nick Nurse during a big NBA playoff game a few years ago well he now has kind of a a, a sub apparel company under Nike right so like Kanye has Yeezy which is under uh which is under Adidas Michael Jordan has uh Jordan brand which is under Nike and Drake apparently now has his own apparel company under Nike called Nocta. 
Why is this important? Why am I talking about Drake on a college sports podcast? Well, it's because guess who on Wednesday was announced as one of the faces of their media campaign, in other words, a sweet NIL deal for a player named DJ Wagner. So DJ Wagner, the number one high school player in America, has signed an apparel deal, an NIL deal, essentially to work with Drake and work with Nike. And while it doesn't guarantee anything, maybe it's a total coincidence, but to me, I'll tell you this, It feels like after months, we thought DJ Wagner's a lock to Kentucky. Then we thought he was a lock to Louisville. I'm telling you right now, this piece of news makes me feel like it is done. It is over. It is Mike Tyson standing over somebody saying, it is done. DJ Wagner is going to Kentucky. And so many of you are probably sitting there saying, what does that have to do with this kid's recruitment? What I would tell you is a few things. One, I think obviously the initial reaction is, is that Drake has ties to Kentucky. Drake has been basically affiliated with Kentucky basketball since the day John Calipari was hired. I wrote a book called One and Fun. Never forget 2010. I think I know about as much as the first uh, as much about the first Kentucky basketball team as there is. I wrote a book about it. Drake even back then was performing at Big Blue Madness. Since then, he's come back time and time and time again. Big Blue Madness is, of course, uh, Kentucky's kickoff event, their Midnight Madness event. He was there in 2014 taking jump shots with Devin Booker. He didn't look so good. He airballed a couple of them. But the point is, Drake has been forever tied to Kentucky basketball. And so I think a lot of people assume, well, he signed this kid to an NIL deal. Well, that must mean Drake has his hands in this thing, and Drake's going to make sure this kid is at Kentucky. But to me, it's not really the Drake thing. Like, I know the Drake thing is fun, and we all have a good time with it. But here is why this makes me feel like it is all but a lock that this kid ends up at Kentucky. Here is why. I cannot imagine a world where any kid signs any kind of NIL apparel deal with Nike and then ends up in an Adidas school. And what I would just, you don't need to be a recruiting insider. You don't need to be an expert. Just do some simple math. This kid is going to be paid under current NIL rules. This is allowed. This is allowed. This is not John Calipari's being sketchy, uh, Kenny Payne, Jimbo Fisher, whatever. We've had a lot of questionable NIL things. This was announced in a press release. This is clearly above board. And so to me, what this says, this kid isn't going to sign with a Nike sub-brand and then go commit to an Adidas-affiliated school, which Louisville is. It doesn't make sense for the kid, and let's be honest, it doesn't make sense for Louisville. Adidas is paying Louisville a lot of money to have that Adidas logo on their uniform. They don't want a kid affiliated with Nike, a kid that literally has a contract with Nike. So this is the new world that we live in, and I'll tell you this. I was hesitant, even with all the information. I was at an AAU event. I'm talking to people. I'm rubbing shoulders, rubbing elbows. I was hesitant to go out on a limb and say that I believe that DJ Wagner was going to end up at Kentucky, even though that was all the intel that I've been getting over the last couple weeks. But at the same time, it's hard not to think that he's going to because I can't see any scenario in which he ends up in an Adidas school. So can you imagine this? I'll say this for John Calipari, and I want to get to the bigger picture because this is just one piece of what could be a fascinating recruiting puzzle at Kentucky. But one thing I'll say about John Calipari Shout out to John Calipari, okay? This is some old school John Calipari gangster you-know-what. Oh, you're going to hire grandpa? Yeah, we're going to hire, we got Nike behind us. This is some Coach K stuff, okay? Coach K for years. Say what you want about Coach K. He had Team USA behind him. He had Nike behind him. And that is how he got all these players. Well, John Calipari just did the same thing. Oh, you go hire grandpa. We're going to go get Nike behind us. We're going to go get Drake behind us. And while it doesn't guarantee anything, I just don't see any scenario in which this kid at the very least ends up at Louisville. And obviously there's really only one, maybe two Nike schools that are recruiting him. Obviously Memphis where his dad played, they're still trying to get in that front door. But with the ties to Kentucky, you have to think that this is a very, very, very good sign for Kentucky to land the number one player in America, DJ Wagner. Great story, great segment, but here's the crazy part. This DJ Wagner piece, now let's say even if DJ Wagner does end up in Kentucky, this is just now a piece of what could be a historic couple weeks for John Calipari. John Calipari was in the doghouse. He could do no right, which we're going to talk about in a minute. 
he could go on one of the great recruiting runs of any coach, any program that we have ever seen over the next couple weeks, and let me explain why. First of all, for people who don't know the recruiting space, independent of DJ Wagner, uh, first of all, Kentucky has two top 25 players already committed for 2023. One, Rob Dillingham, we talked about on this podcast a few weeks ago, number seven ranked player in America, according to 24-7 Sports, the number one ranked point guard in this class. Rob Dillingham seems to be comfortable playing with DJ Wagner. They've talked about playing together. Those, uh, D- Rob Dillingham is in the bag. It's done. He's committed. I can't see him decommitting anytime forward. The other player, by the way, is a kid I actually saw on Wednesday at the Adidas Championships, Reed Shepard, really talented guard from Kentucky. His dad played at Kentucky, all that good stuff. So Kentucky's already got two top 25 recruits in, you know, committed. They got one top 10 recruit committed. They got the number one player in the country potentially ready to commit. But that is just the tip of the iceberg on what could come. Here is what else could come over the next couple weeks. First of all, the number four ranked player, according to the 2021 uh, or 24-7 recruiting rankings, Justin Edwards, he announces on Monday, and we will do a long-form reaction when that becomes official, but Justin Edwards, after months of being a Tennessee lean, it appears as though he is going to commit to Kentucky. So on top of the two kids you already got committed, let's just kind of keep a mental, mental note of what's going on here. The number one player in America, all of a sudden, it feels really good he's going to end up in Kentucky. The number four player in America, it feels really good that he is going to end up in Kentucky. The number 15 ranked player in America, according to 24-7 Sports, Aaron Bradshaw, a high school teammate of DJ Wagner, it appears as though he is set to choose between Kentucky and the G League Ignite program. There was even talk that about two weeks ago that he was going to commit before Peach Jam. Now we don't know. Uh, but the number 15 player in America, if he goes to college, it seems as though it's going to be Kentucky. Oh, and on top of all of that, on top of the number one and number four players potentially being imminent commits, on top of the number 15 player in America having Kentucky as his heavy favorite as a college choice, on top of the two top 25 players that are already committed, you know what else is going on in Kentucky right now? Number 22 ranked player, number 22 ranked player in America, class of 2023, Ugana Kingsley. You know where he was when the recruiting period started on Wednesday, when Peach Jam's going on in, in South, uh, South Carolina and the Adidas Championships are going on in California. Ugana Kingsley was on Kentucky's campus on an official visit. And so you look at what could come over the next couple weeks. It is a staggering amount of talent that could commit to Kentucky. If you're not a Kentucky fan, be ready. It could be every other day you're hearing news. Now, is it all going to happen? I don't know. Here's why. First of all, the Ugana Kingsley news is especially interesting. The reason he's taking an official visit now is because for all intents and purposes, the reports are that he not only plans to reclassify, he could reclassify and enroll in the next couple weeks. In theory, he could reclassify and enroll in time for Kentucky's summer trip to the Bahamas in a few weeks. So he is very much a candidate to reclassify, come in, play behind Oscar Shibwe, get tough playing the National Player of the Year every day in practice, and then be ready for the 2022-2020 or 2023-2024 season, I guess it would be. And if that happens, that probably means that Aaron Bradshaw is not going to commit. It doesn't really make sense for him to commit as a center if you already have a center that's highly ranked as well, committed in the same class. But why I bring it up, I don't think all five, you know, all four of those guys plus the two that are already committed, I don't think all of them are going to end up at Kentucky. But what I would tell you is this. I do think there's a very good chance that in the next couple weeks, on top of the two top-ranked players that are already committed, Rob Dillingham and Reed Shepard, you could have the number one player in America, DJ Wagner, commit to Kentucky, the number three player in America, uh, Justin Edwards, to commit to Kentucky, and at the very least, Udana Kingsley commit to Kentucky. Udana Kingsley, I think I said Udana. Udana Kingsley commit to Kentucky. And we're talking about, over the next couple weeks, three top 25 prospects, two top 10 prospects, another prospect who's going to reclassify. We could be in for a historic recruiting run at Kentucky. When I say historic, I don't mean historic the way that you think I mean it. Listen, one thing about me, you guys know my strengths and weaknesses. You guys and girls know my strengths and weaknesses. I don't claim to be a recruiting guru or an expert or an insider. I don't know if this would rank as the definitive best John Calipari recruiting class of all time. I don't even know if this would definitively move 
Kentucky passed Duke as the number one recruiting class in the country. But when you are talking about the level of talent that John Calipari could potentially get committed to this university over the next couple weeks, it speaks to me to a few things. First of all, let me say this. Swaggy John Calipari is officially back. I just talked about it with the DJ Wagner stuff, but this is some old school John Calipari stuff. And what I would say beyond that, and I think this is the important point, what it speaks to is something that I have talked about a lot on this podcast over the course of the summer, and that is that over the last couple months, I feel like John Calipari has fallen behind the eight ball, right? So like one thing that made John Calipari John Calipari over the first you know, 75% of his career, the last couple years at Memphis, the first couple years at Kentucky specifically, was that he was always really a step or two ahead of everybody else on pretty much everything. We know what it was, but he was the first one to really embrace one and dones. He was the first one to really jump two feet in on the idea of college really just being prepped for the NBA as opposed to a a separate entity from the NBA altogether. He was the first guy to really honestly blow up these summer tours. I talked about uh, Kentucky going to the Bahamas. Kentucky was, as best I can tell, the first one that ever had him broadcast, really blew it out. Big Blue Bahamas is a big thing. First one with an NBA draft combine in the preseason. Now everybody does one. So John Calipari, early in his career, he was so forward-thinking, he was always two steps ahead of everybody else. And my biggest complaint over the course of this offseason is it felt like everything he did over the past couple weeks, at past couple months, was totally reactionary, right? Everything was was something bad happens and I'm trying to put out a fire. Jay Lucas, my top, one of my top assistants, leaves for Duke. I have to come out and say, I'm happy for him. He thought I was going to be mad, but I'm actually happy. You had that situation. You had the Shaden Sharp situation, which I don't blame John Calipari, but obviously uh, he wasn't fully in the loop on everything that was going on, and I have said many times from a PR perspective, I thought he could have handled it better. Of course, on top of that, there was the Baylor Shireman situation where he had people on his staff calling out other schools. I didn't like that, even though I understood the frustration from within the program. And so why I am so impressed by this recruiting run is because it is old school Cal. People want to call it swaggy Cal. I'm going to call it two steps ahead, Cal. Cal, like I said a minute ago, Louisville hires this kid's, this kid's grandfather. Cal's like, yeah, I got Nike. I got the Nike army behind me. Uh, beyond that, you have a situation where potentially this Aaron Bradshaw kid, is he going to commit? Is he not going to commit? There's talk that he could commit to Kentucky, use all the PR behind it, uh, and then ultimately end up in the G League. Kind of like what, what happened with Shane and Sharp, only instead of going to the draft, you go to the G League. Well, now I got somebody committed for this year and for next year as a backup plan to that. So I I could go on and on. I want to get to where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. But I had to talk about what could be just an insane run for the University of Kentucky in recruiting over these next couple weeks. And more importantly, I got to talk about this. And we're going to talk about it in Aaron right, Aaron wrong. This could be, uh, it it just, what, what this last couple weeks is, is John Calipari taking things back. John Calipari saying, this is my program, I'm doing it, we're doing this right, we're going to pick things up, we're going to get back on track, it was a tough couple months, Swaggy Cal is back, Two Steps Ahead Cal is back, uh, and I am fascinated and excited to see uh, if all of this comes to fruition. As I said, Justin Edwards, number four player in America, does commit this coming Monday, we will have reaction as soon as it goes, uh, as soon as it goes official, um, and then also, we'll see what happens with DJ Wagner. I think those are the two to really keep an eye on. Uh, Ugana Kingsley, we will see in the coming weeks if he does commit, if he does reclassify. But the DJ Wagner, Justin Edwards news is fascinating. All right, this is what I want to do. Do want to take a quick break? Want to wrap the show? Aaron Wright, Aaron Wrong, America's favorite segment. Let's be totally honest here. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break. I'll be right back. All right, we're going to get back to the show in a minute, but before we do, I want to welcome in a new sponsor, Athletic Greens and AthleticGreens.com. With one delicious scoop of AG1, that's Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Quick side story. The founder of this company... They were experiencing gut health issues and were spending over $100 a day on vitamins and supplements. 
They knew there had to be a better way. That's Athletic Greens. For the cost of just $3 a day, you can get Athletic Greens. Here's the best part. It contains less than one gram of sugar with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. No GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com emerging. That's athleticgreens.com emerging for one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Athleticgreens.com slash emerging to take over ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Athleticgreens.com slash emerging. Thank you again for being our partner. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, everybody. I am back. Good to be back, good to be back. Final segment of the show, so good to be back. And I do want to wrap with what has quickly become America's favorite podcast segment, where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. And I got to say this, people. I don't know if it's because I was on vacation or because we have media days and there's more stuff going on. This feels like an especially loaded Aaron right, Aaron wrong. The concept of the segment, pretty straightforward. You guys and girls know the drill. Stole this from my buddy Colin Cowherd. Colin does every single week where Colin was right, where Colin was wrong. I decided to bring it to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. And the reason why is this. I give out a lot of opinions over the course of any given day, week, month, year. I get a lot of stuff right. And when I get it right, I like to pat myself on the back and say, Torres told you so. I get a lot of stuff wrong too, though. And so what we've been doing all summer long, every Friday, we, we, we wrap the week, say that 10 times fast, with where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong, kind of a fun way to kind of wind things down on a Friday. I go through some of the stuff that I got dead right, and I go through some of the stuff that I got dead wrong, and we got a loaded one this week where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong, where Aaron was right. So during the NBA playoffs, right around the time that the Brooklyn Nets got swept out of the playoffs, I said... I believe we are seeing the end of an era in the NBA. I believe the era of signing a bunch of superstars, giving them complete control of the organization, letting them pick their coach, their GM, their, the, their teammates, trade all your draft picks to make them happy. I said, I believe that era is over because look what's going on in the NBA right now. The Brooklyn Nets get swept out of the first round of the playoffs. Los Angeles Lakers don't make the playoffs. Los Angeles Clippers, and I know Kawhi Leonard was hurt, do not make the playoffs. Meanwhile, Boston, Milwaukee, Golden State, teams that were drafted internally, teams that have players that were kind of uh, drafted and developed within the organization and they don't demand trades and they're not leaving the first chance they get, those are the ones that are having success. I said it at the time and what has happened over the last couple weeks in the NBA. Some of the biggest stars clearly won out and it does not appear to, there, there's very much of a market for it. Kevin Durant might be the most talented basketball player on the planet. It does not appear that anybody really wants to trade for him. Why? Because while he is incredibly talented, we know what's going to happen. He's going to come in. He's going to demand that you trade all your draft picks, young players, young assets for veteran players that may or may not work out. And then if it doesn't work, he's going to demand a trade and leave you with a mess. Kyrie Irving, 
Sometimes he shows up, sometimes he doesn't, sometimes he's on Zooms at weird times, nobody knows what he's going to do, when he's going to be there, doesn't get the vaccine, which you guys know where I stand on the vaccine, but he's a little bit goofy, and the Los Angeles Lakers are the only team that has any interest in him, and they are not willing to give up what the Brooklyn Nets want. And so listen, we all love the NBA, but there's a difference between being a player-driven sport and being more of a player-friendly sport and completely handing over your organization to individual players. I've said it for years. There is a reason, and I'm not Mr. Shut Up and Dribble. That's not what I'm saying at all. But for 100 years, we've had one guy or girl named the GM pick all the players, one guy or girl coach them, and the players play. When you start to mix things on top of each other, rarely does it work out. Bill Belichick, maybe the greatest head coach in the history of the NFL, terrible as a GM. Greg Popovich was a GM. He fired himself so that he could focus on coaching, and I believe it's the same with these star players. Look at Boston. Look at Golden State. Look at Memphis. Look at Phoenix. These teams that there's a separation between front office, coaching staff, players, those are the ones that have success, and I believe we are seeing a changing of the guard in the NBA, where Aaron was wrong. So let's go from the NBA to the high school ranks, and I just got to take an L on this. I think I'm about to be dead wrong on the DJ Wagner stuff. And if you, followed, if you followed this show, I think, look, I've been on top of this DJ Wagner stuff as much as anybody on the national scale at the very least. There's obviously great reporters uh, in Kentucky, you know, covering Kentucky, covering Louisville who do this. But on a national scale, I think I've followed this story about as closely as anybody. And I'll be honest, I- I've kind of just followed the tea leaves like everybody else. I obviously talk to sources, inside people, all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, I kind of just thought, look, once the grandfather gets hired at Louisville, once... There's all these other things happening behind the scenes. The national recruiting guys, the guys that are on the road 300 days a year, they all start logging crystal balls for Louisville. I thought it was a done deal. I even came on this show like three weeks ago, and I said, Kentucky fans, it's over. It ain't happening. DJ Wagner is not coming to Kentucky, especially after they took a commitment from another guard, Rob Dillingham. Well, fast forward, and AT's got to take an L. Because as I just told you 20 minutes ago, at the end of the day, it does not make sense for a kid like DJ Wagner to sign an NIL deal with a Nike-backed brand, which is what Drake's new clothing company is, and then go to an Adidas college, which Louisville is. It just doesn't make sense. doesn't make sense for the kid. Clearly, whoever is representing him and, and whoever would be kind of his conduit at Nike would not be happy with him. And oh, by the way, I don't think Louisville as an Adidas school, would be excited about having the face of their basketball program be a kid so closely associated with Nike. Adidas doesn't pay Louisville hundreds of millions of dollars a year for the best player on the Louisville basketball team to be wearing Nikes. So it appears as though DJ Wagner is going is not only not going to Louisville, but it appears as though he's going to commit to Kentucky. And this is one I just got to take an L on. It was one that I thought for sure was a done deal once the grandfather got, got, got the job. And I just thought, it's over Kentucky, move on to plan B, you've signed other guards, it's time to put this one behind you. Well, apparently John Calipari doesn't listen to this podcast, because I think DJ Wagner now is going to end up a Kentucky Wildcat. Where Aaron was right. So earlier this week, we got news that the Pac-12 and the Big 12 are not going to merge, just like I told you three weeks ago. Why? It's another one. It doesn't make sense, and I think people are starting to see what I was telling you two or three weeks ago. The Pac-12 is in a very precarious situation, and it's almost like a chicken and the egg thing. Everybody wants the safety of being in the Pac-12 without actually committing to each other, and that is what is making this stuff complicated. And I'll tell you this, as I told you a segment ago, I was at the Adidas Championships on Wednesday, and I was talking to multiple coaches. This was the number one question everybody asked. What's going to happen to the Pac-12? What's going to happen to the Big 12? And I said, it's impossible to know because nobody is really willing to commit to each other. I think if the Arizona schools and Utah and Colorado, the corner schools, if they had their druthers, I think they would like to stay with the other Pac-10 schools, Pac-12, now Pac-10, but at the end of the day, they can't commit to something without Oregon and Washington committing, but Oregon and Washington are kind of trying to keep their options open in case the Big Ten comes calling down the road. And so I told you weeks ago, I said, look, I don't know what the end game is, But this is one of the most fascinating political things behind the scenes because no one really wants to commit to each other. Everybody wants to leave their other options open, and I just don't see it being a nice, smooth, easy thing for anybody. 
Well, fast forward, the Big 12 said enough. I still think they're going to pursue individual schools, but the Big 12, Pac-12 merger is dead. Where Aaron was wrong. Let's go back to Kentucky because Kentucky, not sure if you remember, lost to St. Peter's in the opening round of the NCAA tournament. And it was on that night. By the way, the day after Kentucky lost in the opening round of the NCAA tournament, most downloads in the history of this show. So I know a lot of you heard that segment. But on that day, I said, this is it for John Calipari. There is nothing that John Calipari can do until the 2023 NCAA tournament to win back his fan base. Doesn't matter who they recruit, doesn't matter who they sign, doesn't matter what transfers they get, doesn't matter what wins they have in the regular season, none of these fans will care. They've been through the ringer with recruiting, they've been through the ringer with transfers, they've gotten commitments from every five-star there is to get. They want to see results in March. They want to see Final Fours, they want to see National Championships. That was what I said the day after the St. Peter's game. Well, I'll tell you this. I think I was dead wrong on that one, too, because Big Blue Nation is in a frenzy over this recruiting hall, which I just talked about last segment. Listen, John Calipari, he's an all-time great, but at the end of the day, I I, I do give him credit, right? This was a guy that was coming off one of the worst losses in the history of Kentucky basketball, if not the worst one outright, and a lot of that fan base really did turn on him. Fast forward, as I just told you, I think he's about to go on a recruiting run, and at least for a short amount of time, that fan base will forgive him, all will be forgotten. Now let's see what happens if he takes a bad loss in November. Let's see what happens if he loses in the Champions Classic. I believe they play Michigan State. But at the end of the day, I said there is nothing this guy can do to win back the fan base. Well, potentially signing the number one class in the country with three top 10 kids, DJ Wagner, Justin Edwards, Rob Dillingham, we'll find out if that happens. That's a good way to go ahead and win back the fan base. Where Aaron was right. Another realignment story, remember, the day, the episode after the crazy USC-UCLA news, I'll never forget it. I put it out the day after July 4th, not great at math, but that was July 5th, and the one thing I said, I said the number one thing that should be happening behind the scenes is that Notre Dame should go to NBC and demand that that contract gets ripped up. Notre Dame was making 15, is making $15 million a year in TV money from NBC, Meanwhile, the Big Ten just signed a con- they're going to sign a contract that gives their schools between 75 and 100 million dollars a year per school. I said, "Look, I think Notre Dame wants to remain independent, but at a certain point, quote JJ Reddick, it's a simple math equation, F-head. You can't sit around and be making 15 million dollars while everybody else in the Big Ten and obviously the SEC as well is making quadruple that at 75 to 100 million dollars." Well, what happened? We talked about it on last show. Dennis Dodd reported, NBC, if you want to keep Notre Dame beyond this current TV contract, they are asking for $75 million per year. And I think Notre Dame's going to get it from somewhere. Now, what'll be interesting is how the dynamics all play out. Notre Dame's going to get huge TV money. But does NBC stay in the game? Do they keep them as an independent? By the way, does one of these other weird streaming service deals get in the mix? I don't know. Notre Dame's going to get paid either way. What's going to be fascinating to watch, though, is does it happen in NBC? Do they remain the face of college football at NBC? I think it's a smart investment for NBC, but it isn't my money. Notre Dame's going to get paid somewhere. But I told you, I told you, told you, told you. I said, if I was Notre Notre Dame, go to NBC Tell them to rip up the contract. We want a new contract. Well, it came out this week that it appears as though they are asking for $75 million, almost an exact dollar amount that I told you, where Aaron was wrong. So about a year ago, when Texas and Oklahoma left for the Big 12, uh, this alliance was formed between the ACC, the Pac-12, and the Big 10. And really at the time, what I said was this. It feels as though to me, This alliance was formed to kind of slow down some of the power moves from the SEC, and one of the things that came out of that alliance was that the the alliance basically rejected the SEC's proposed college football playoff. We talked about it on last show, 12 teams, six automatic bids. At the time, I said, good for those conferences. We don't need to expand the playoff. If you expand the playoff, all it's going to do is give the SEC more power. Ah, yeah. I was dead wrong on that. I don't mean to yell and blow out your speakers, but the Pac-12's dead, and the Pac-12 would be very much alive if they had just agreed to that TV deal and that contract for the college football playoff. Listen, I can't take too big of an L on this one because clearly no one 
including the Big 12 last year with Texas and Oklahoma or the Pac-12 this year with UCLA and USC saw all these realignment moves coming. But what I'll also tell you is the Pac-12 and to a smaller degree, the Big 12 and ACC not agreeing to the expanded playoff. I think it could be a death knell in college sports as we know it forever. At the end of the day, the Big 10, the SEC are, are, are going to dominate this sport in terms of total revenue. Everybody in all of those conferences are trying to get in. And as I told you on last episode, I think the gap between the Big Ten and the SEC is only going to get bigger. And beyond that, a college football playoff, which was designed to make the sport more national, is going to be very Big Ten and very SEC heavy. So where Aaron was right, I, I gave everybody credit for turning down that 12-team proposal. I said, you don't need it. Stick to the status quo, whatever. Uh, not only was I wrong, but it was a historically wrong move by the Pac-12, the, the Big 12, and the ACC. I think it's going to lead to the eventual death of the Pac-12 and maybe the ACC. Where Aaron was right. So this is a fun one. This is different. It's not even something that I've talked about on this show. But the news first is that the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, we're going to the NFL. The Raiders. It was announced that they were the they had the single highest amount of ticket sales of anyone in the NFL this past season. They made over $119 million in ticket sales on top of suite sales. So suites are where you make all the money. They made $119 million on top of that, more than the Cowboys, more than the Jets, more than the Patriots, more than the LA Rams, more than anybody. And so where Aaron was right, I can vividly remember the day that the, it was announced that the Oakland Raiders were moving to Las Vegas. I remember I worked at FoxSports.com at the time. I was in the newsroom, and I said to anyone who would listen, I said, this is going to be one of the great success stories in the history of professional sports. Everybody laughed at me. As, as usually happens, I ended up being dead right. The reason why, a couple things. One, I go to Vegas all the time, love the city, love being in the city. And I think while most of you and most everybody that doesn't spend a lot of time there thinks of Vegas as this kind of transient city, casinos, the strip, whatever, there are a lot of people that actually live there. I knew that people that live in Vegas would embrace it. Beyond that, never forget, the Raiders have a very strong following in Oakland and Los Angeles. They spent time in both of those cities. I said, yeah, instead of going to one Raiders game in Oakland, you and your buddies are going to fly to Vegas and go to a game, make a weekend out of it. And then on top of that, I said that every road team, if you're a fan of that road team and they're playing the Raiders in Vegas, that's the game that you circle that you want to go to. Come out on a Friday, play at the tables, hang out, have a good dinner, go to the game on Sunday, go back to the tables at night, go out on Monday morning, and you made a trip of it. It's happening. It's happening right now. My cousin is an Indianapolis Colts fan. The Colts play in Vegas next season. He already has everything booked. It is going to continue to be one of the great success stories. I'm telling you, it is one of those deals where the Raiders have fans in LA that want to come to the new stadium. They have fans in Oakland that want to come to Vegas for a weekend. The Vegas citizens themselves love the Raiders, and most importantly, it's about the visiting fans. If your team's playing in Vegas, you want to be there, the Raiders are going to continue to be a cash cow in Vegas. Finally, where Aaron was wrong. And if the Raiders thing was an all-time where Aaron was right, this is an all-time where Aaron was wrong, because Kyler Murray on Thursday, I guess it was, signed a new contract that is going to pay him somewhere in the neighborhood of $46 million a year, $160 million guaranteed, $230 million total. And if you've listened to this show for a while, you know that this is one of my all-time L's because during the time that Kyler Murray won the Heisman Trophy, I believe that was the first fall that we did this show, Going into that season, if you remember, it was Kyler Murray's a baseball player. He's going to focus on baseball. Uh, he's going to play football for one more year, but then he's going to go back to baseball. And then the season happened. And then he won the Heisman. And then there was buzz that he was thinking about leaving baseball, and then he officially did. And I said, this kid is crazy. He's five, you know, to, to use the Rudy term, he's five foot nothing, a hundred and nothing. Now, he has quite a bit of athletic ability. He's one of the great athletes that we have in professional sports. But I said, this guy's tiny. This guy's going to get killed out there. He should be playing baseball. He should not be playing football. Uh, yeah. Well, he's now got $230 million in the bank that says, Torres, you were dead wrong. Congratulations to Kyler Murray on that $230 million deal. 
All right. I told you that was a loaded where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong, and it was. And so it is time for me to get out of here. Great Friday show. Like I said, felt like there was a ton to talk about over the course of these last couple days. Uh, And it goes without saying, I very much appreciate everybody's support. July numbers are up from June. Numbers are up from last year. You guys love this show, and I cannot thank you enough. Before we get out of here, I want to remind you, make sure to subscribe to the Aaron Torres Podcast, Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music. We have some big things coming for this fall. Cannot wait to get you all the details on everything that I'm doing, that the media company is doing, all that good stuff. By the way, I do hope you enjoyed the coverage from SEC Media Days this week down in Atlanta. If you're not subscribed, make sure to do so. As I said, please leave a rating and review. Go on Apple. Give me a quick five stars. If you can, maybe drop a mailbag question. We'll get back to the mailbag next week. But that's really all I got. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube. Numbers there. We're closing in on 12K over there, so I appreciate your support. Uh, But with that said, it is time for me to get out of here. Great Friday show. Time to call it a weekend. Thank you all for everything. With that said, shout out to Torrent Craig. Shout out to Rachel, who hates my voice. Shout out to JJ Reddick. UF head unblock me. I'll be back on Monday. New episode of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.